Welcome to the Good Money Habits podcast, where we marry financial education with tips from the experts on how to develop good money habits. Knowing what your options are around your finances is one thing, how to translate the knowledge into action for results is quite another. We're all about helping others take steps to gain financial stability, to live a better life. This podcast is brought to you by Lighthouse Capital. It is important to understand that today's episode is of general nature and doesn't take into account your personal objectives, financial situations or needs and may not be appropriate for you. So for those of you who've been listening along to the Good Money Habits podcast and have really been itching for some practical things that you can get your teeth into, today is the podcast for you. I'm really excited to have Terry Watson in the studio with me here today. Welcome, Terry. Hello. It's so good to have you here. And I'm really excited because we're going to be digging into goal setting and budgeting and importantly, your heart and soul project um, being the Healthy Wallet Project. So for me, goal setting and budgeting are really two of the essential keys to unlocking financial security for people. And I always feel like there's no sort of singular right or wrong approach to this, which is why I'm really keen to explore some alternatives on the podcast with you today. And in particular, the system, if you like, that you've developed, which is the 90-day um, good, uh, sorry, healthy, healthy wallet project. Don't mind me stumbling over my words. Um, so when I was thinking about doing this, you were the person that immediately sprang to mind. So I've been sort of watching you for afar and it was so lovely to catch up for a coffee just before the last snap lockdown in Perth. Yeah, that was good timing, wasn't it? It it was. Those poor people in that cafe having to get rid of all the food for the weekend, etc. It's a bit of a worry for people. Um, But let me tell you a little bit about Terry. So Terry Watson is a mother on a mission to help families change the way they manage their money. After her family experienced their own personal rock-bottom moment in 2016, resulting in her having to return to a full-time role in the financial planning industry. It was then that she realised that they were not the only family financially struggling. She's seen the gap between people needing financial help and actually going to see a financial planner, and she really wants to empower families to seek out that support to continue building their financial journey. Now, Terry, you really have had an interesting financial journey. Can I take you back in time, if you don't mind, to 2016 and ask you to share what happened to you and your family at that time? Yeah, so um, we were, we basically had been winging life since we had our um, first baby. And um, if we were earning a really good income, it was fantastic. We kind of didn't have to worry about stuff because we had money coming in. It was all fine. Um, then the, because we had our own roofing company, mm-hmm. um, and then the construction industry got hit here in Perth. And people stopped paying us. And all of a sudden, our income disappeared. And um, we had, we just um, bought a house. We just, Mm -hmm. we had a car on finance. We had three maxed out credit cards. We had expenses just going left, right and centre. So the perfect storm, really. Yeah, Mm. pretty much. And when we sat down and we looked at our spreadsheet, it was in red. Like, we had absolutely no idea how we were going to get out of it. Um, We basically, that night, we didn't talk to each other, me and my husband, because we just didn't know what to do. We didn't know Mm -hmm. how we were going to get out of it. We didn't know if we were going to still be able to keep our house. 
Um, we had two young children at the time as well. Um, it was a pretty, it was a pretty um, scary time. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so we, after a night of not talking to each other <laughs> and like <laughs> trying to get our heads around everything, um, you know, my husband had this, the work going on for his company that he had to kind of finish, but he wasn't getting paid for it. Like it was just, it was so bad. And then, so we made a decision that he had to go back on wages um, and I had to go back to full-time work. Now, I hadn't been working full-time for about three to four years, being a stay-at-home mum. So the thought of leaving my children was extremely difficult. Yeah, really daunting. Yeah. And um, l- luckily enough, I got a job in a financial planning um, firm in the city, um, good pay. So it was that, that part was okay. Yeah. Um, but... The other part, when you leave your children, you're with them like every single hour of the day to going, getting up early in the morning, leaving the house early and then not getting back until after six o'clock at night because I catch the train. I had to catch two trains. Mm. Um, That was really hard. Um, But and we ended up selling our car that we had at finance on because Mm -hmm. um, I didn't need it because I was working full time. So it was just sitting in the um carport costing us a lot of money um so that was really hard because I felt like I'd failed I felt like how what have I done wrong that I can't afford to keep this car that I can't you know everyone seems to be getting cars on finance and they're managing it yeah why can't I like how can I what's what's wrong with me basically that I couldn't do that it's interesting your notion of failure there because I think that's the first thing we jump to but the reality is that sometimes things happen to us in life which are out of our control and like in your case there was that perfect storm that erupted um, but it's sort of that paralysis of okay what do I what do I do next and and also your observation about um, every, feeling like everyone around you was able to get finance and able to do what they needed to do and I think one of the problems that we have as a society is um, it's it's sort of this might be the wrong way of putting it but we just don't talk about it enough and it's almost like a dirty little secret that people are just not willing to kind of share um you know I know our family went through a really difficult time when our children were little just before the GFC um similar but you know different experience in that um we had also just bought um a business and and taken on more debt and expanded our situation um and we too had that moment as a couple actually and you know the ice was broken when our um five-year-old son at the time stood in front of us in front of the tv i remember it he just blocked our view and pointed at us and said you two are not working as a team (laughs) it was just the sweetest thing it was hilarious and and we had a bit of a a laugh about it and it was the turning point and we thought you know what he's right um so what do we need to do um so even where you've sort of had the best laid plans and really you've done everything you can to get yourself in a good position, um, it doesn't necessarily mean to say that things aren't going to come out of left field at you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. And we'd been just winging life, basically, with no plan. So so therefore, um, what, what, what did you do differently? You know, how did you turn it around? Yeah, well, because we made, we made the plan that, you know, husband went and got wages, so we were fine there, mm. and I went and went full time. And we stuck with the plan was this is what we're going to do for 12 months 
and we got rid of expenses that we didn't need. We got rid of the car. We got rid of all those little like expenses that add up, those subscriptions that you don't need. We just got rid of everything we could. I mean, you know, with our debt and stuff, we were stuck with that. But we created a plan with the budget that we had to get it moving and get it gone. And I guess even though some of those things might um, seem like small things that maybe in your mind you think, well, that's not really going to make a big enough difference. I think it is incredible how those things do um, build up and they do, you know, cumulatively make a big difference over time. Is that what you found? They they do. They really do. And when you've got them coming out left, right and centre on different days of the week and like during the month, yes, they might be like $10, but it adds up, doesn't it? And then yeah. especially when your bank account is already very empty um, and you've got these, uh, you know, $10 coming out here and there, you're just like, it's, it can be very overwhelming. And I know when we caught up um, and had a chat in the cafe, you talked about that sort of keeping up with the Joneses mentality. Do you want to share a little bit about that and, and how you felt about that? Yeah, so, um, so we really, we had friends that, you know, were had financed cars, had financed furniture, um, and basically, and then we were bombarded with like all the adverts and the um, everything that's going on, and you see other people with all these um, things, and you think, well, okay, to be successful, to be happy, you know, we've got to have them too. You know, we've got to the only, but the only way we're going to get nice furniture is if we tick it up, and the only way we're going to get a nice car is if we tick it up. So you know, you just get. You get, like, we got stuck in that bubble of being like... And it's what the world is telling you, is, you know, as you say, we're getting bombarded all the time. And the irony is, for many of us, it would be pushing us further and further away from happiness, in actual fact. That's the the irony of it, isn't it? But but that's the commercial world we tend to live in. And I think it's about that, being able to stop and reconcile what are your values, what's important to you and how you move forward. And that's what I love about the Healthy Wallet Project, actually, because when I when I received mine in the mail, I was so excited to open it, by the way. Oh, I, yeah. I love it. It's fantastic. Um, and it was so obvious when I started digging into it that um, you'd had that background in financial planning as well. So I could see that coming through. Um, and, and I know that you've done a lot of the study as well. So I'm interested how much that background and grounding sort of did feed into it. But what I really loved was you tackle what I feel a lot of people underestimate and that is that the mental side of it, the mindset side of it. Yeah, yeah, because when you're stuck in that um, financially struggling um, moment, you think that money hates you, you think that you're never going to have money, you think that everyone around you has money, they've got it together, you know, you just feel like, again, you know, you feel like you're failing, you're feeling that it's just like, well, okay, I'm never going to be able to do that. And you just get so stuck inside this mindset of comparing yourself um, to others that it's really hard to make those changes. So, yeah, so in the journal, yeah, month two, I really talk about mindset because um, I personally have been through it, you know, like so I would start telling myself things um, so one of my big ones is that, you know, I had the whole, I, I hate money, you know, mm. I, whatever, it's money, I don't care. But the whole thing, because I was like, I just felt like I was never going to have money. And I feel like all well, my whole life, I've just been like, never had money. So I really wanted to change that. So I started telling myself, I love money, money loves me. 
you know, like, and I just, I felt really silly at the beginning. So silly. I was just like, no, but Millie hates me. You know, like, <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. But I just, I just kept saying it because I was like, I know I need to change the way that I think about money because I want my children to know that they, they're capable, they can do it. Um, so I really, I knew that for them to know that they're strong and that they're capable and that they can go out and do whatever they want to do, I had to change it in myself. So a strong motivation for you is actually being a role model for your children. And, and it's interesting listening to you talk about how you were telling yourself that even though initially it probably didn't feel real, it didn't feel like who you were, you just kept doing it and I um, interviewed Christina Cabrera I don't know if you know Christina um, back in the um, the beginning of this series and um, she specialized in um, that sort of money uh, mind connection and that's what she talks about is it is actually about the fact um, she really believing on a deep level that you can change that you can reprogram the neural pathways in your brain and that's what you were doing you might not have been aware of it that that's what you were doing but that's what you were doing and and that's why you know it's so important because you've brought the combination of those two elements together in this particular project and that's something that I loved about it I got the sense from you when we caught up that it was almost like this wasn't you know a question anymore this was just something you were compelled to do like you've had this compulsion that you wanted other people to feel that they weren't on their own they weren't the other one only ones going through this and there actually is a way through it and and that's the sense I got from you um, when we met. Yeah, absolutely. As soon as I knew, because when we went back to financial planning um, and I knew other families were struggling because, you know, you see new clients come in with like so much debt and they just bought a house and all those things that come with it. And um, I realised, you know, like we're not the only ones struggling, but why is no one talking about this? Mm. You know, like why, why do we feel like that talking about finances is taboo? You know, like it's a so great question, and that—that's what this podcast is about—is trying to encourage those conversations because I think we were raised that way. You know, that—that's how it's always yeah. been. I, I feel like we almost have a little bit more freedom now um, to to open up and, and share these things, and and I hope that by doing these sort of podcasts that we can encourage more of that. And and if not speaking, you know, people don't feel um, comfortable speaking um, to their wide circle, at least certainly their close circle, and absolutely their partner if they have one. Yeah, absolutely. Just to talk to someone. And that's like what I've been trying to do with this journal is to be like, if you can't tell someone, at least tell yourself in the journal. So then when you get through to the end of the 90 days, you've, you can see like where your mindset and where, how you've been talking to yourself through, throughout it. And you can see how far you've come like in just 90 days. And the 90 days is interesting too because I talk a lot about habit formation and a lot of the research suggests that it is about 90 days to keep sticking with something for it to just be something that you do. So it's not that it's 90 days and that's the end point. It's 90 days and you've set yourself up mm. for a completely different trajectory and pathway with yeah. money and that's it's just so good. I'm so <laughs> excited about it. Um, so if you don't mind, I really would like to kind of unpack this a little bit mm-hmm. and take off some of the layers of the onion around this particular project that you've done. Now, the first thing that struck me when I received in my journal was I love the size of it because I thought this is something I can take even with me if I'm on, you know, public transport or the bus or the train, you know, yeah. I can take those moments. And I was, you know, it's interesting because I feel like we don't have too many things these days that are writ- handwritten. Was that deliberate? Yes. 
Absolutely. Mm. So I wanted to create it, um, yeah, a journal that you can put in your bag, you know, like that it can go with you, that you open up your bag and you're, it reminds you like what mm. you're doing and why you're changing things. Um, and yeah, it's, and also because, you know, there's so many like budgeting apps out there, which are great and I've tried them, but I started ignoring them. Because like you can easily d- dismiss your emails. There's from no them. accountability, right? No, there's mm. none. And then I get overwhelmed with um, like the stats and the graphs and all the pretty stuff. Like I just found that so overwhelming, so I stopped um, stopped looking at it. Mm. And yeah, that's why I did the journal because I wanted it to be a hard copy. I wanted I want you to write it down, like and just get into the nitty gritty of it, and also so you can look back on it easily. You and know. there's something about writing that feels like a, a stronger commitment. Maybe yeah. that's just in my mind, but that's how I feel. And even when I'm sort of studying, um, um, and I've been, we've all been studying a lot lately as financial planners, I know for me if I do handwritten notes, yeah. it just sinks in for me more. Everyone learns differently, but I know for me that's a real um, – the way I process, I do find the writing really, yeah. really helps. So I, I, love, I love that you've done that, yeah. yeah. Maybe there's more of us out there <laughs> yeah. as well. Um, so the way I picked up um, the journal is um, built is really around three stages with a month for each. So it's three months essentially. So if I'm correct, you start out with month one, discover how much it costs to be you. Month two, discover what you truly want out of life. Mm-hmm. And then the really exciting bit in the final month is actually making it happen. Yeah. Um, so can you maybe um, unpack that a little bit? So... Um, if we look at the first month, can you can you sort of break it down a little bit about what's entailed in that? Yes. Yeah, so the month one is about really, you know, everyone's got a big dream that they want to achieve. They've got a big picture vision that they've got going on. They daydream about, and the thing that is stopping them is money. You know, the lack of money, the lack of time and energy to get more money. Whatever, whatever it is, it always comes down to money. So what I, in the first month is I just, I wanted you, I want them to go write down what that big picture vision is, that three to five years, what they want to achieve. And then it's about breaking that down Mm -hmm. into like manageable, smaller goals. Because if you go the one big goal, you're going to feel like you're slogging away at it and that you're not going, you're going to give up. Yes, you know, so it's it about, needs to feel doable, right? It does. Mm. So I get you in the journal to go, okay, well, what do I need to do in 12 months? And then what do I need to do in six months? And then it's like 90 days. What can you do at the end of these 90 days to get you on track? So it's manageable bite-sized pieces, really. I know I saw one of the things that stood out uh, with me is establishing what you call savvy saver goals. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So that was great. And then you talk about setting up your banking as well and your credit cards so that you can build a structure for your bank accounts to stay on track. What would an example of that look like? Um, so, so, yeah, it's about like just decluttering it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, some people have bank accounts that are everywhere. Um, and it's just about really getting to know where you are currently um, with your financial position. And then it's, yeah, you put the you put everything, you put your goals down, you put the mini goals down. Mm-hmm. Um, and also in the journal, I set a challenge for um, creating your emergency fund. Yes, I was going to ask you about that. Yes, mm. yes. So... Um, 
a lot of families don't have funds to fall back on and what they fall back on is their credit card. And um, in this journal, it's like, well, you know, that's one of the goals is to get rid of the credit card. So um, in, so I set the challenge to um, either uh, start your emergency fund or boost your emergency fund with $1,000. So it's about um, looking at where all your expenses are and saying, well, if I cancel this subscription that I don't need, I could put that towards, you know, the $1,000. And also about looking at where you're spending a lot of money, you know, how can I cut that down? So it's getting, it's like a practical way to change your habits. Yeah, great. And and when those unexpected things do come, you know, parking fines or, you know, tyres that need replacing on the car, those sort of things, um, having that emergency fund is so important to not have that sinking feeling in the gut, right? Going, oh, oh God, I was doing so well and now I'm, you know, whereas it will be okay, that's okay, I've planned for this, the money's there, we've got it there, we can deal with this and then I imagine it's rebuilding that emergency fund and just ensuring that you keep that that buffer around you. Yeah, absolutely. So I saw at the end of the month you get people to reflect. So there's a lot of reflection in it at the end yeah. of each month. So um, what's worked well, what hasn't worked well. And, and I think that's really important too because I often feel that for me personally, I often learn the most from things that didn't go well. You know, so what would I do differently? And recognising that it's an ongoing learning process. So you're not expected to just do this journal and get it right the first time, right? Yeah, it's yeah, a trial absolutely. and error. Absolutely. Yeah. We're all human. Um, so I touched on earlier the fact that you don't just focus on the numbers. So sometimes that puts people off. Um, but I will say that I feel like you make the numbers really easy. Um, so <laughs> I like to simplify things. Yeah, exactly. And 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 that keep it simple, stupid, if I may say, yep. is important because that's the bit that keeps it doable. It keeps it doable. Absolutely. But that yeah, that mind money connection. I want to. I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about mindset. So one of my all time favorite books. I don't know if you've read it. Is mindset by Dr. Carolis Dweck. Um, she was a professor at Stanford and I've actually given that book to quite a few people and it can really turn people's lives around. And yeah. as I was um, reading your journal, I thought, oh, that's something that um, Carol Dweck would have said. Um, oh, so yeah, interesting. No, I haven't read it, but I'll have to. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good read and, um, and one that's good to give as gifts actually for anybody who's wanting to sort of change things about themselves or, or be a better version of themselves. Um, so thinking about month two, we're going to keep pushing through this yeah. journal. Um, discovering what you truly want out of life. So what you're highlighting is what you spoke about right at the beginning, that this process is not about materialism. It's not having a shiny new car or the latest new wardrobe. You know, it, it's about establishing financial security for yourself to live the life you want to live and, and who wouldn't want a bit of that? Um, so working through month two, some of the key tasks I saw were things like overspending and establishing a money routine yeah can you give me an example of that yeah so um just setting just something as simple as setting a day in the week that you block out on your calendar you put a reminder on your phone and you sit there and you look at your finances yeah that for me is the first day of the month actually (laughs) I reflect back on the previous month so yeah, Yeah, yeah so it can be um it can be any time that you want. So I also do you do it monthly as well. Mm. But also I find when, especially when you're at these beginning stages, you need to do it frequently. Yeah. Because the more often you do it, the more natural it becomes. That reinforcement of it. Or yeah. like you were saying, the language, telling yourself constantly, reminding exactly. yourself. Yeah, exactly. brilliant. So yeah, so it's about 
um, you know, just getting yourself in the habit of looking at it. Because when you're in that financial overwhelm, and I have been there, I've been stuck in it, I avoided it. Absolutely. I'm sure you're not on your own. (laughs) No. And that's exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing because I know I'm not on my own there. So it's so hard when you like want to really avoid it so badly because you know it's going to be bad. But you've got to pull the band-aid off quickly. You've just got to do it. And the more often that you sit there and you just look at it, it doesn't take it takes less and less time as you do it. So like the first few times, like I know the first few weeks in the journal is quite a lot that's going on. Yeah. But you need to get it done. As you know, you need, once you've got this done, Mm. it's fine. And I guess once you start to see those little wins, you get motivated to to keep pushing forward, don't you? Exactly, exactly. So the more often you're doing it, you're seeing these small wins Mm. and you're seeing how you're changing. So it's like encouraging you, empowering you Mm. to keep going. Yeah, love it. Can we touch on triggers? You talk about triggers in there and what struck me when I thought about that was a little bit like, you know, anyone can, I guess, take a bit of a medication to mask a symptom, but, you know, getting going a bit deeper and understanding the cause. Yeah, yeah. So, like, triggers for me when, um, you know, when I'm tired, when I'm frustrated, when I'm feeling sad, you know, like, um, you know that you've got food at home, but you you're tired and you're exhausted and you don't want to deal with that. So you go get takeaways yep. or you get Uber Eats, um, you know, whatever it is. But you know you have that food at home. Yeah, You know you can do it. So it's about, um, or, you know, like I struggle with anxiety as well. So yeah. when I'm in that anxious state, I my trigger is to go spend money to make me happy. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to help with what I'm going through at that mm-hmm. time. So... It's about really understanding what that is. So then when you notice it happening, you can find something else to do. It's that knowledge is power thing, isn't it? And um, as you say, almost a redirection. And I guess a good time to grab your journal, you know, (laughs) remind yourself what you're doing and and why you're doing it. Um, I also, one of the sections I love was rewriting your money stories. You know, um, you said earlier, what do you tell yourself about money? A big one I've talked about a couple of times on this podcast, you know, how did your parents talk about money growing up? You know, what was money like in your home? I mean, so much of... Uh, the way we feel and view money stems from those times in our life. Yeah, absolutely. I really noticed that um, I took on my parents' money stories. Mm. Um, you know, so, yeah, once once I could recognise that, then it really helped me understand my thoughts around money and those triggers that were causing me to spend money. Where they're actually coming from and yeah. therefore you've got a better chance of changing them, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. You know, you fall down a few times as you're going through this changing period, but you write it down and you learn from it. Mm. So the next time it happens, you have something in place to help you work through it. Yeah, yeah. And something I'm really passionate about is encouraging people to make sure they align their goals with their values. How important do you think that is? Oh, so important. So important because you know, we get um, we can easily get caught up in what other people are doing. But it's yeah, it's so important to stay what's true to you. Yeah. And what you really want to do rather than focusing on what other people are doing. 
and that's going to be the best way to have meaningful impact, isn't it? And and change the you know move the needle as such in terms of where you want to be heading. Absolutely. In the journal, I'm we, I'm conscious of time. We're we've, we're going to race forward to month three, and we're going to make it happen. Um, what are the key elements in that that section? Yeah, so this is really about pulling together everything that you've done in the past two months so then you feel confident and empowered to move forward mm-hmm. to the next stage, yep. of whatever that looks like for you. And because I have a financial planning background, I've put in a checklist for super and insurances yeah, brilliant. because so many clients would come in having no idea what's going on with mm. that. Um, also, you know, uh, as a mum who... Um, uh, didn't work for a while you know like I've talked to other mums as well and they ignore their super because they're not putting into it Mm -hmm. um, which is not great so I put in a checklist being like well okay you know grab the number for your um, super and your insurance funds and ask these questions yep start to have a look start to immerse yourself in it yeah Mm. and just understand what is going on Mm -hmm. just so because you know it's another thing that can cause overwhelm but as long as you know what's going on with your super, making sure that you and your family are protected with the right insurances. That's huge. Mm. You know, because, yeah, so many families would come in not having adequate insurance, as yep. I'm sure you have seen as oh, well. Oh, I've got a chronic underinsurance problem in Australia. Yeah. And, and the thing is, um, as you would know, there's a lot involved in trying to determine the types yep. of cover, how to own them, you know, what's the right balance and mix for you relative to your budget. So I think that's a really big part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. essential. So that's all great, but accountability, we, we spoke about this. You talked about other apps that you've looked at, but you didn't sort of stick with them. How do you build an accountability into this system? So you get the journal, you've got a Facebook group. How does yep. that all work? Yeah, so we've got um, a dedicated Facebook group that um, I show up in, that we can like declare our intentions, that we can talk to each other, we can share our little wins at the end of the week. I really want to focus on those little wins because we worry so much about the big ones, but we need to... um, Chip away at it. Chip away at it, and we need Mm. to celebrate the small ones. So, um, yeah, and just about writing in it, writing your notes in it, writing your thoughts in it, so then when your feelings have a bad week, you can look back, see, you know, see how far you've come. Yeah. Like acknowledge the done, acknowledge exactly, what you have achieved. Exactly. Mm. And by doing that, that spurs you on to talk to someone else about it. Yeah. You know, being like, hey, I've got this journal. This is what I'm trying to do. Yeah. You know, like, and that's just whoever it is, like, just having someone to talk to makes a world of difference. Yeah, I have no doubt about that. And thinking about, I guess, the various people and families you've worked with on this project so far. Just to wrap up, I guess, do any stories really stand out to you in terms of the success that they achieved through the process? Yeah, so um, in my first ever round um, of my program that I did last year, I had a mum, Miranda, come join me. She, in the email that she sent, we had a chat before we got started, and she said that she really struggled to save even $1,000, you know, because they'd always put money in and then pull it back out again. Mm -hmm. Now, when we chatted at the end of the program, she had saved $4,000. Fantastic. You know, and yep. she was, they were chipping away at their debt that they had. Mm-hmm. Like, that gave me goosebumps. And yep. I was just like, I knew then that this is what I really wanted to do. 
um, and that I'll keep trying and keep doing what I can to make this happen for other people as well. Because you can, you really can change people's lives with this and I do take my hat off to you because I feel like a lot of people have good ideas but it's such a small percentage of people that genuinely do something about it and turn it into something real, which is what you have done. And I imagine like any good project that is where the passion is and your heart and soul is in, it's not a straight line. So I imagine (laughs) it's been, you know, a little bit of a journey. And I know that um, one thing that's really important to you um, is to keep this affordable for people. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you want to just share with people if they're interested in the journal, um, what that entails yeah so um you can buy the journal on its own which is 49 dollars um i've also got a financial wellness box that i've um, just created and i'm very excited about this um which includes the journal which includes you know that support um to get through each one and that one is a 129 dollars so yeah, so that one has got some exciting plans happening Brilliant. with that one. Yeah, great. Um, but yeah, the journal's $49 um, and you can easily buy that mm-hmm. um, and get started. Great. And then for online support, is there anything, um, is there a cost associated with that? Yeah, so um, when you get that, when you get my financial wellness um, box, mm-hmm. that includes the... Um, includes 12 weeks of email support and the access to the dedicated um, Facebook group where I'm getting experts in to help me cover all topics and just chat about everything um, because I really want you to feel empowered, have that knowledge um, to make that next step in your financial journey because this is the start. It's just the start. You've got so much more to go, but, you know, you'll feel empowered to keep going. And I feel like that is really affordable for what is included. But I do know you do take it a step further and you do look for sponsors as well um, yes. for others to sponsor other people to um, to go on, on the journey. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm just going to put a shout out there if you're happy for me too. Um, for anyone listening, you know, anyone who thinks this would be um, helpful to people who really may not even be able to afford the, you know, the, the $49 or the $129 to get going with it. Yeah. Um, so please feel free to either message myself or Terry and you know any support we can get for this program the better and as a financial planner I have to say you know this could be a wonderful tool to use in the discovery process with new clients that we work with as well this is not a journal that's 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 built for people who are struggling with money it it really will will transcend all um, family types really in terms of getting those basics together getting their budget together goals together etc yeah absolutely I've had people from different um, income brackets um, do this journal and get you know like the same results because they've you know simplified it and I'd argue that no matter where you're at in terms of what you earn or what your net wealth, your wealth is, you can always improve it, right, oh, yeah. and and, um, and strengthen it up a little little bit. Um, Terry, any final things you'd like to share before we wrap up? Um, no, I think we covered everything. Just that, you know, as you know, this is heart and soul in this, pro- it, in it this is. project. That comes through. So, yeah. That comes through. And thank you. Just thank you for creating what you have done. There is a real gap, um, I believe. So it's really nice to see this is a tool that can bridge that gap, help people build their confidence and their knowledge, genuinely change their habits around money 
And I'm going to say in a way that just feels calm and deceptively simple and, dare I say, almost fun the way you've done it. So I think that's quite unique about it. Um, You know, your authenticity to help others really does shine through. And for me, quite frankly, it's a relief to have an affordable, quality, doable resource out there. So thanks, Terry. Hats off to you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. That was another episode of Good Money Habits, brought to you by Lighthouse Capital. A reminder that this episode was general in nature and doesn't take into account your personal objectives, financial situation or needs, and therefore may not be appropriate for you. It is recommended that you seek professional advice before making any significant financial decisions. If you want to find out more, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts or head to www.lighthousecapital.com.au.